that was Sarah Bareilles with Brave. It's what some people feel they need to be. Adelaide introduces us to a young man who helps people overcome their fear of public speaking. But although he has trained hundreds of people, he admits that he was once quite shy himself. Brendan Kumarasamy explains the process he uses to teach self-confidence sufficient to undertake public speaking, which is essentially a life skill. Have you ever wondered what it would take to become a really good presenter or public speaker? These are the creatures commonly cited at our events, confidently strutting the stage with or without a mic in hand, commanding every bit of attention in the audience, leaving us in awe and offering our applause. But this art of public speaking isn't supposed to be just for those who do it professionally. You may have heard that public speaking is actually an important life skill. It sets you up with more credibility, control of your message, and ability to communicate the issues that are most important to you. Not to mention possible promotion in the workplace, which can't hurt. Today's episode is the first of a two-part series with my guest, Brendan Kumarasamy, who has more than 30,000 YouTube subscribers and is the founder of Master Talk, where he coaches executives and entrepreneurs to become top 1% communicators in their industry. Brendan is on a mission to help as many people as possible to become confident communicators without the high price tag. He believes the next Elon Musk is a seven-year-old kid who can't afford a communication coach. His passion even led him to become the youngest public speaking coach in the world. As you can imagine, Brendan has lots of gold nuggets to share, so let me get out of the way and bring you into the start of my conversation with him. Brendan, welcome to the show. Can I start with, are you still the youngest public speaking coach in the world? I'm pretty sure I was the youngest when I started because I started 19, but today I'm old now, so I don't think I'm the youngest anymore. <laughs> I won't ask the age. <laughs> I'll be polite. I'm 26. I'm, I'm open about that. It's That's fine. still pretty young for you know a public speaking coach. And I understand that you train CEOs and you know really high level executives. So that's an uh, amazing journey that you've been on. But Brendan, I have been looking forward to this chat. And I have to say, I was really impressed because it takes a certain amount of confidence to say what you said to me before I hit record, which was, Adeline, you can ask me anything about anything. And I was thinking like, what, does that include what's going to happen to the economy in two months? You know, can we talk about the future of crypto? Can we talk about the meaning of life? So I was like, it takes a certain amount of confidence to just be able to go on a podcast as a guest and just say, I'm ready to tackle just about anything. And I'm wondering where that confidence comes from. I mean, for podcasting specifically, it just comes from doing a lot of it. Because three years ago, I definitely did not have that mentality when I guessed it on shows. But I, I would say it's really repetition. You know, as you keep doing the same questions over and over again. I just like being challenged at this point. Because for me to get better in my communication, for me to get better at my ideas, I would rather have the host just challenge me and disagree with me because I think it's more fun that way versus just nodding their head and going, oh yeah, that's a good answer. Let's just move on. It doesn't make me better. So that's why I just opened the floor to the host. I love that. Some of the um, you know people who are such accomplishers in our space, uh, you know, in our world, are people who've had that mindset of not looking at your inadequacies but rather being challenged and even on purpose putting themselves in an environment 
where there are people who are better at them for what they're known to do. And that has to come from a really secure place. So, you know, I'm really happy to be talking to you because there's so much joy in talking with people who come from that space. But what I'd love to do is hear your story first. Were you always good at public speaking, maybe even told to, you know, not talk so much in primary school? (laughs) You know, I wish I, I was this confident guy that I am today, Adelaine. Even today, there's still some confidence issues I have we can talk about later. But I'll say for the beginning of the story, I definitely wasn't confident. The reason is because I grew up in Montreal, which is a city in Canada where you need to know how to speak French. So if you don't know that language, you're not really going to do well in the city. So my parents made the wise decision to send me to a French education system. But the problem was... Not only was I not confident, like most of us aren't, on communication and presentations, I was presenting in a language I didn't even know. That's where a lot of my challenge came up. That's one piece. The other piece is my crooked left arm because of a surgery I had when I was younger. So because of that, I had a big cast on in kindergarten and first grade. So no one really wants to be friends with the kid who doesn't understand them and who has a big cast floating around. So that's where you know I started with very humble beginnings. And that's why I'm so passionate about communication. I think anyone can do it, especially if I could. Yeah, that was some overcoming that you had to do in that story. And you did it in, I would say, a fairly short amount of time because some people just don't even address it their entire lives. And that just becomes their Achilles heel. So I think that, you know, as we grow up, you know, we're not that kid in school anymore. Most people recognize that the ability to speak well publicly is a huge personal and career asset. And yet, you know, so many people struggle with this continually. And I get it. No one likes to be scrutinized or criticized if they don't know that they're going to do a good job. How do you get someone over the fear of public speaking? And then later, I want to ask you about how you absolutely conquer a stage and win over an audience. But if you're coming from that place where there's plenty of trepidation, even around the idea of getting on the stage with a huge audience, how do you get someone over that? Absolutely, Adeline. So I would start the conversation here, which is, why do we even fear communication in the first place? Why is that something that we're all scared of as a society? Because we just accept that as status quo versus challenging that very idea. And I believe there's actually a very logical reason why all of us are scared of communication, which I'll explain right now. Think about it. Where do we learn how to communicate? Where do we learn how to speak in a formal way? For all of us listening to this podcast, the answer is actually the same place which is the education system. Elementary school or primary school, or at high school, that's where we learn how to communicate ideas through presentations, Adelaine. But all of those presentations have three fundamental problems. The first one is all of them are mandatory. Nobody wakes up one morning and says, hey, Adelaine, do you want to get breakfast and present all day? Says nobody ever. That's problem one. Problem two is all of those presentations are never something that you're excited about giving. They're never something that's tied to your passion. So it's never, hey, Adeline, what are you excited about? Do you like podcasting, crypto, you know, politics, you know, economy, or Brendan, you know, communication? No, you got to talk about Shakespeare and poetry. And then when you're done with that, you have to talk about the history of Missouri. And you're like, I don't even live in Missouri. What do I have to do that? <laughs> so that's problem number two. And then problem number three, you'd think I would be done with all the problems. This is actually the most important one. Every presentation, Adeline, it's crazy when you think about it, are tied to a punishment. (laughs) So if you don't do a great job, 100% of the time, if you don't do well, you get hit in the head with your grades. 
and then at work later in your career. So what does this mean? We're conditioning human beings, every single generation through the same education system, that communication is a chore. So we believe it's one and nobody wants to get better at doing the dishes. Yeah, so true. I think what you've just described is the reason for our trauma. (laughs) So, I mean, it's one thing to be aware of um, what caused our trauma. What is the next step, though, to overcoming that and, you know, just getting past ourselves in order to get to that space where we do start getting comfortable with public speaking? Absolutely, Adam, which I'm happy to talk about. Awareness is always the first step, though. And the reason is because it helps us go, oh, wait, everyone is scared of communicating. Like, this is a normal. This is not something that I'm the only one struggling with. So that's the first piece is understanding why. So now it makes sense. So there's two parts to this, two and three. So two is changing our energy around it. That's why I love this question that I crafted for people. How would your life change if you're an exceptional communicator? So many of us dream about our businesses, we dream about our careers, we dream about our vacations, the expensive watches, the cars, the houses we want to get. When was the last time we dreamed about our communication skills? And the answer for most of us is never. So I encourage your audience to spend a few minutes to just ponder that question. How would your life change? And what this does is it opens up possibility and creates motivation to actually want to work on it in the first place because it affects every year of our life. That's two. And then finally, the third piece is realizing that the fear doesn't go away because that's a bad goal to have, but rather a relationship that you need to manage. Even I'm fearful of communication, except for me, the fear comes from a different level, which is, let's say me and you are having lunch in Melbourne, and Elon Musk calls me. And he goes, hey, I really liked your podcast that you did with Adelaide. I liked your YouTube channel. Can you coach me? I'll pay you a million dollars. Yeah, sure. I would be worried. I would be scared. (laughs) It's Elon Musk. doesn't matter the experience I have. And that's the point I want to drive, Adelaide. Communication figures like a boxing match where one side of the ring is the fear. I don't want to do this. It's stressful. There's a lot of anxiety. And the other side of the ring is the message. Why does this matter? Why is it important? And the goal is not for the fear to leave the ring, but rather make sure the bell rings that your message gets the knockout punch in that ring and wins the match every time. And that's the relationship and how we manage fear. So to even to get to that point, there's usually a bit of preparation. I mean, boxes in the ring don't just go into the ring. There's the mental preparedness. There's the physical preparedness. I mean, take us through like what you need to do to get to that space and be comfortable with it and be comfortable with the enemy in the ring. I guess you might call it that. For sure, Adeline. So there's a couple of parts here. One is the simplified version, which I think is very important to talk about. And then we'll talk about the more detailed one. So let's talk about the simplified one, which is simply this. We don't need that much prep work to start our communication journey. And the reason is simply this. There's so many things in our life that we weren't prepared for that we did in our life, despite being scared. When we got our first job, when we asked somebody out on a date, when we got married, when we had kids, when we did something else, you know, like go to this restaurant. I don't want to go to this restaurant. I don't know what the food is. There's always things that we were fearful of in our life that we chose to do. Why is that? Because our motivation was greater than the fear. That's why I'm actually very counterintuitive in my industry, where I always say that fear is never the number one challenge in communication. I believe that it's number two. Motivation is actually number one. Where we don't have a motivation that is so strong, that is so powerful, that is pulling us to be a really good communicator and do it scared anyways. Like for me, it was the 15-year-old girl who can't afford it. Why did I start? Why did I think? 
I could be the the person around communication. God, I started in my mother's basement at the age of twenty two, and I still live in my mother's basement. Except now I pay all the bills. That's the only difference now. Must be a nice basement. <laughs> it is a really nice basement, actually, but it's better company than the basement. But the point that I want to drive is, I did it for the fifteen year old girl who can't afford me, and that message is way more important than the fear. But then the other piece to that is, how do we move ourselves into action? I'm never going to tell anyone to post on social media tomorrow. And I'm also never going to tell anyone to get on a stage tomorrow. But what I will say is you need to start with the easiest possible thing to get the ball moving, which in my opinion is the random word exercise. Pick a random word like golf, like zebra, like trophy, and just give presentations out of thin air and just start that alone in your basement if you want to. Wow, great idea. But making this a habit, the doing, because I mean... Today, people who have a lot of good ideas for what we think we should do to be better versions of ourselves, and then time just flies past, and before you know it, or do you think it's a good idea to have an accountability buddy? Because it sounds like it's something that you need to build a bit of muscle memory for. That's correct, Adeline. So the first one, the easiest one that I found in my career, is integrating it with the people in your home. So, for example, I'm talk. Let's say I'm talking to people who have kids right now. That's the easiest thing to do. So when you're picking them to and from school, you're having dinner with them. It doesn't matter if they're five years old or twelve. You just do the random word exercise with them. That's the easiest way to integrate without paying for a coach, which is another level of accountability. You pay for it. One other strategy that works well for those who can't afford one is Toastmasters because it's cheap. It's like a hundred bucks a year or something and there's chapters across the world and you can go to one of these chapters and meet like-minded people and build relationships with that and then one other solution that is also simple is finding people in your friendship group that you're already pals with that listen to this podcast that love this episode or what we're talking about and says oh let, let me do that too and you just form your own accountability group so those are the different options i love how you you're so practical about this you've really thought about how you can actually do this successfully because um, so many of us have really grand ideas and it comes to naught just because it's not practical. Um, I think sometimes it's that feeling. I mean, we talked about the fear of public speaking and I think in there is that feeling of inadequacy that makes us you know, a little bit queasy about the stage. And that sort of happens when we're, I think, comparing ourselves to other people. You meet people who have the so-called gift of communication. And I used to work with this person, you know, when I did radio full-time years ago, you know, I was co-hosting with someone who could talk with marbles in his mouth underwater. And I thought, you know, this must be something you were born with. I was going to say, I thought you were one of those people too, until you shared that story of how you initially um, struggled. But, you know, I do meet people who just seem to have this gift of the gab. Is this something that I know you say can be nurtured, but how much does nature play a part? Right, Adeline. Uh, here's what I would say. It's kind of like any skill. Do I think anybody can be an NBA player in basketball? No. Do I think everybody can be in a you know, professional ba- baseball player? No. In the same way, do I think every single human being on earth can be a world-class communicator? Not necessarily. But... When we go back to basketball, do I think if you practiced a lot, you'd be pretty good? You did enough? Yeah, I would say that. So I think it's the same thing with communication where, let's say we take the random word exercise, a silly example. So many people look at that exercise and they ask a bunch of follow-up questions. What's the framework? What's the template? Uh, how do I do this? Should I do this in my shower? Should I do this on top of my roof? Like, how do I, how do I play this out? Whereas my answer is always, we do not get points on how well do, do the exercise. We get points on how many times we're willing to do it. 
Let's say you're an accounting listening to this. How many accountants do you know in your industry who are willing to even do the random word exercise 100 times? And the answer gets really small, really fast, Adelaide. But the magic of doing it 100 times is it doesn't take 10 years. It literally takes two hours to do the random word exercise 100 times. So that's really the key. It doesn't take that much to stand out in your industry. It's just most people aren't willing to put in the two hours in your life. Right? Not like every week, every month, like literally five minutes a day for like a month. And you'll have done the exercise 150 times. And that's the type of stuff that will get us that quick ROI we're looking for. I'm glad you said that because I'm sure there are people listening who are looking for the goalposts and going, how long do I have to do this for? Like how many minutes a day? And how long before I actually see uh, results? Adeline Ng was speaking with Brendan Kumarasamy as part of her podcast, Upon Arrival. You can hear the full interview whenever you listen to your podcasts.